0: Good evening, and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Yesterday's sound was a little interesting, and so I had to go in and edit it, and I tried my best. But what else are you going to do? So good evening. Welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. I always talk about films and also music. But I thought because you know there are times when I want to play music on here and I can't and yeah (laughs) but there's so many bands out there that are essential just amazing I I like bands nothing against solo performers like Beyonce Beyonce is very interesting And I've said that before, and I think the Lemonade album is her magnum opus. I don't think she will ever top Lemonade, and she's fully aware of that, okay? And here at the podcast, I like to talk about, you know, things that are different, things that are outside society, as the great Patti Smith so famously said. And I thought, you know, what film, I mean, we talked about Lena Horn yesterday and uh, her influence and how film really has evolved in terms of an Academy Award. It's, it's still a long way away. I could talk about Billie Holiday. I could talk. I I loved Billie Holiday. What else can I say about her? Uh, So many people have played her. Audrey Day really played her really well. It was a sad film. I've never watched Diana Ross's version, I've seen clips. And I want to give a shout out to my friend Roz. I don't know where Roz is. And. My friends who I went to school with, and my professors who, one of them in fact had Roz, we've often wondered what happened to Roz. So Roz, if you're listening, this is the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. We went to school together and I remember you telling me about going to a drive-in, I think it was in Fresno or Bakersfield, and you went to go see Lady Sings the Blues where Diana Ross brought to life Billie Holiday Ross was such an amazing person so kind um, talked about her life she did not have an easy life and I think it was because she grew up in, in the 50s during a time of segregation in the 60s. And she didn't really talk about it that much except in class. And I always felt for her because she was so intelligent. She loved to learn. She loved music. Oh, we talked about music a lot. But she talked about you you could see she'd been through a lot. And here we are this is 2021. And we're still talking about racism. We're talking about BLM. And... But also how music brings us together. And I think Roz would agree with me on that. How... Diana Ross playing Billy Holiday. That was her first major film. She, in fact, received an Academy Award nomination for Best Actress. Didn't win. And what's sad is, is that, was it Barry Gordy? Someone in the Motown department took out this really mean ad against Liza Minnelli, who won that year, and said, don't vote for her just because who her parents were. And I thought, that's sad. That's, that's, that's a sore loser right there. And this is before the Academy Awards well, ultimately, Liza won, Liza Mae Minnelli, in Cabaret, which is such a great film, such a dark film, and we're not going to play any clips tonight. I'm just going to talk about film and music and how it brings us together and how when I worked in the library in college, those conversations that I had with people like Roz, We're intimate. We were talking about art. We were talking about music. Things that brought us together. And I'll never forget, Whitney Houston had just put out, I Look to You. And we were talking about it. And she loved my honesty, and I loved hers. And she said to me, what did you think of that performance? And I said, it killed me. Because she just pissed her voice away and she says, thank you for saying that. She just, it's like the power in her voice left. And even though there was emotion still within that, you could just see Whitney was not ready to go back. She was not ready for that comeback. Even though many people thought she was, she was not ready to go back on tour. And Roz and I talked about that. We also talked about black entertainers you know aretha franklin i don't know if roz told me this i think she did aretha franklin to the day she died as well until the day she stopped performing always demanded her money before the performance because she was aware that so many black performers had been ripped off And so Aretha wanted payment upon arrival before the show. And then she wanted it in cash. And that was in her purse on stage with her. She was such a smart woman. Obviously a good businesswoman because she was aware. She says, no one's going to cheat me out of my money. And I was yesterday when we were talking about Lena Horne. And there's a clip where Rosie is playing lena singing she says i don't want to sound like that i want to sound like aretha franklin isn't that interesting and you know aretha's like uh, i love lena horn and she did they all all of these beautiful performers loved one another they supported one another there in fact was a soul Train lady of soul award named in honor of lena horn and there was also an aretha franklin award Those were two of the highest honors. Yeah. And as I talk about this, I think of Roz. And I know that my friends who are listening who also knew Roz were wondering what happened to Roz. I hope she's okay. I also think of my former co worker at the library. His name was Richard. Very intelligent wicked sense of humor and he loved working with Roz he loved talking to her and often they would be in conversation whether it was during a tutorial or just talking how, how powerful conversation is to talk to people to get to know them And that's why I do this podcast is to connect with all of you. It doesn't matter how many listeners I get. As long as one person has listened and I've reached you, that's all that matters. I also want to give a shout out to Aisha who I am so blown away not only by her art, but her activism. She doesn't back down. And I saw the Story City on Instagram, and I am so proud of you. And yeah, I, I agree totally. Because they were, you know, it's not, you cannot celebrate when there's genocide and people trying to be, their voices snuffed out. I so totally agree with that and she and i are working on i need to watch the movie and then we're gonna do a show lots been going down personally and professionally but when i do this podcast this truly is my passion and i've often said this and i've been doing this for three years with no signs of slowing down i do these 365 days a year. I don't even know what season I'm on. I never really counted the seasons because it's continuous. Because, you know, with podcasts, you have to have a season one. It's like, fuck that. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to, as Fiona Apple so famously said at the VMAs in 1997, I'm not going to do it like everyone else does it. I love that. What an extraordinary performer Fiona Apple is. And I remember the first album title and how powerful that album was, is the fact that she used words and language. It was along the lines of Patti Smith and that it was also along the lines of Billie Holiday. It was so jazzy. And I love that. Here she's playing the piano and she's spitting out these lyrics. And they're honest, and they're raw, and they're visceral. It was also along the lines of Bob Dylan. In fact, Bob Dylan and her both won awards that year for their albums. Her for the song Criminal, and then he for Time Out of Mind. And I love how I can jump from film to music and talk about it. And the importance of it. This is so important for us to talk about art especially in these times, to talk about films, TV shows. If there was a film right now that I could tell all of you to watch, it would be Auntie Mame, because it's such a colorful film, and even in days of longing and laughter, it will really pick you up. It has the ravishing Rosalind Russell as Miss Auntie Mame book is also really wickedly funny. And so this is just us talking about art. Talking about film and music and why it's so powerful and why it translates. And today I was on my way home from having a late lunch and I was listening to Strombo on Apple Music. And he played the 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 cult such a great song. And then he played a song by Tragically Hip that I'd never heard before about New Orleans. New Orleans is sinking, I believe. And I was so tuned in. I couldn't change the dial. It was like just flying down the road listening to Apple Music hits with Strombo. And those who are part of the LNC, we know about that. And We tune in and we listen and we are transported And I want to thank him for that. Just for letting us all be a part of the ride. And finally, when it's always a part of the ride, I think of Mr. Um, Bill Hicks. Because Bill Hicks so famously said about life, It's just a ride. Unpleasant dreams. Here at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast If I didn't talk about the man Who died today In 1997 At the age of 79 He was a month away from turning 80 And he died of emphysema And that's Mr. Robert Mitchum Robert Mitchum who was a bad ass He was a bad ass before it was punk rock He was a bad ass before it was heavy metal He was the easy rider. He was on a chain gang. He smoked marijuana. He played the bongos before Matthew McConaughey was even a glint in his father's eye. And Robert Mitchum was that one actor who just didn't give a shit. And he was such a great actor. He had that booming voice. If you've ever seen Night of the Hunter, you know what I'm talking about. What a extraordinary actor. Nobody, very barrel-chested. Had this visceral energy, very sexual energy, too. When I talk to people about Robert Mitchum, they all say it. Cape Fear, Night of the Hunter, G.I. Joe, Out of the Past. or what was the other one? Two for the Seesaw with Shirley MacLaine. He was also in a lot of war films. Oh, God, Robert Mitchum. What happened, I guess toward the end of his life, he you know was diagnosed with emphysema, and it was in 92, they were making the film Tombstone, and he was going to have a role. But because he was so ill, he ended up just becoming the narrator. And I think they gave that part to Charlton Heston. <laughs> but you and I both know here at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, the better actor was Mr. Robert Mitchum. Whether he was working with Gregory Peck in Cape Fear, we're working alongside, what was the actor's name? He was in Ryan's Daughter, directed by Mr. David Lean. My God, he was such a great actor. And I, and I mention him because, goodness, he's been gone for 24 years. He was the best of the best. Because that attitude of rock and roll and punk, this is before Brando. This was—he just didn't give a shit. And and he sang too. He sang the song. Um, What was the song called? About the road. Was it Lonely Road? He 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 released some albums. That's unheard of in Hollywood. Usually, the singer tries to be the actor, and here is the actor who also happens to be that baritone voice. I am, I am such a fan of Robert Mitchum, and I love him. Oh, he did a really great film with, um, what was it? Heaven knows, Mister Addison, with Deborah Carr, not Kerr Carr, Deborah Carr, where they're on this island and she's a nun. <laughs> you throw Robert Mitchum in there and someone's bound to get pregnant. But <laughs> yeah, it was funny. What a rebel an extraordinary rebel a film. And I and I'm not gonna play any clips tonight because sometimes we don't need the clips. Sometimes just to talk about someone of that calibre. Oh, he was of that caliber, all right. And many people that worked with him just enjoyed his company. And he he had a reputation. He had a reputation for just not giving a shit. But he was professional. He'd show up, he'd open that mouth, and that voice would come out. And then he'd look at that screen. It was just this raw. You want to talk about raw sexuality? That was every. I think everything that Robert Mitchum did on screen was innuendo because it was not just to the audiences. It was captured on screen, the silver screen. And yeah, we could talk about Brando and the wild one, but for me, Robert Mitchum was always wild. And if you watch *Night of the Hunter*. He is truly wild. He is this preacher who's this dark preacher, and he's got love and hate tattooed on his fingers. And he says, Do you want me to tell you the story about love and hate? About Cain and his how he laid his brother low? It was it was with this hand. You know, you see this hand, dear hearts, this heart rents the blood of man. The left hand Yeah, he went there. (laughs) He went there with it and never was nominated for it. He received one Oscar nomination in his long, illustrious career. And so, 24 years later, we pay tribute to Mr. Robert Mitchum. A true original. He just didn't give a shit. This is before punk rock. This is before Easy Rider. This is before motherfucking heavy metal. As always, unpleasant dreams.